Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Pensions and Protection podcast series in association with Royal London. I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and in today's episode, we're going to discuss why it's becoming increasingly important for protection providers to offer more than your clients might expect in terms of value and support. Today, I'm joined by Andy Walton, Protection Proposition Director at Mortgage Advice Bureau, and Tony Ormond, Strategic Partnerships Manager at Royal London. Thank you both for joining me. Pleasure to be here. Um, So, Tony, can you get us started by giving us a bit of a background into yourself and your role at Royal London? Yes, I've uh, been at Royal London for probably uh, 15 years now, but my role in the market, I probably started as the as the man from the Peru collecting premiums all those years ago. So I've been steeped in, in protection and also seeing the effects of um, people who receive claims from those protection policies. So yeah, um, my role at Royal London is basically managing a number of our key strategic repart- uh, partnerships with uh, a number of the distributors we have in the uh, advice space in the market. Okay. And Andy, could you go, give us a bit of background into yourself? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I started in the industry when I was 18. I'm now 54, so that you can do the maths. And like uh, Tony, you I started have loved off in. It. Oh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And um, every day's got better and brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I started off like Tony, not as the man from the Prue, but the man from London and Manchester, which no longer exists. It hasn't done for a long time. But I was knocking on doors, selling insurance protection all the way back then. And I guess my whole career has ended up more and more focused over the years um, in protection. I'm now a protection proposition director at MAB. I've been here for six years. So anything that lives, breathes, breathes uh, moves in relation to protection. I'm, I tend to have something to do with, uh, but I've worked uh, for, from a provider perspective with LNG. I've worked with Aegon for long, uh, LNG for a long time, Aegon for quite a while. Um, I've worked for the um, large networks, all of which has been in relation to protection. So mm-hmm. somehow my world has just revolved entirely uh, in this area. And I suppose over time, you know, I've worked alongside many amazing advisors. So I feel like I'm sort of stood on the shoulders of giants when I'm sort of saying what I think works. It tends to be because I've seen somebody doing something really well and just copied it and um, let, let let others know. But yeah, that's that's my world. Okay. Um, so I guess you are both best placed uh, to kind of cover the topics that we're going to look into today. And I wanted to start by asking um, if you could share some of the additional or value add aspects of protection propositions that you feel make the biggest positive impact with clients. Andy, would you like to start us off since you said that you know so much from standing <laughs> on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, well, remember that. I'm stood on the shoulders of giants. So, um, yeah. But look, I'm, I was thinking about this um, before coming on to this podcast, and I thought uh, years and years ago, there really were none of the value-added benefits that we're so used to today. Mm-hmm. And, and they've sort of crept in, I think, o- over time, and more and more have got added in. And we sort of take them for granted now. And I don't think we should. I definitely don't think advisors should. I think advisors should definitely be factoring them in uh, when they're giving advice uh, to customers. 
I think some of the added value benefits, uh, some are built in, some come at uh, additional cost. Um, and some of the ones that are sort of built in, I don't think we should forget about. Um, I think flexibility is part of what I would consider to be a value added benefit that for most um, providers comes at no cost. But I think with the changing scenes of life that many customers have now, life's a lot more uh, flexible, it's a lot more fluid. I think we should be explaining to customers about the value of being able to flex products. And as I'm here with uh, Royal London podcast, I think it's only fair to say that I think Royal London's got one of the most flexible products out there uh, in the market, which is really good. I think mm -hmm. some of the other uh, value added benefits that we should be, uh, I think these are the ones in my list that resonate well with customers. I think one of them would be uh, virtual GP services. We all know, yeah. you know, what's going on in the, in the world of uh, the NHS and GPs mm -hmm. at the minute and trying to get through. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big tick in, in the box. I think anything around mental health support is another really key one. We know there's almost like a pandemic of mental health issues in the UK post-COVID. Mm. Uh, again, I think, you know, value-added benefits in relation to that are really important. Um, we at MAB are very passionate about income protection, uh, we, we we sell enormous, I think we're going to sell 27,000 IP policies this year. And a key benefit around mm. IP is being able to get back into work. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a fantastic um, benefit that comes with most IP products. But are we explaining that to customers, how it really helps? And finally, I would sort of say, we're in the mortgage market, and mm -hmm. so free cover uh, arrangements that come with some providers can be really helpful where we're trying to place mortgages quickly, uh, efficiently, uh, and so on. So I think those are the sorts of things that I would say are really helpful, and I'm pretty certain that uh, Helping Hand that's offered by Royal London covers a good chunk of those things that I've just uh, mentioned as well. But maybe Tony knows a bit more than I do about Royal London's offering on Helping Hand. Mm -hmm. Tony, um, is there anything you wanted to add there? I think it's really interesting that the way uh, policies have developed over, over the years, if you go back to probably the first menu type plan, multi-benefit type plan, yeah. probably Scottish Providence in the 90s. Um, and then, you know, back when me and Andy were pounding the streets, the, there was nothing nothing along the like, like that at all. Um, mm -hmm. So the ability to have a multi-benefit flexible option type plan was the bedrock of uh, what Roland's sort of protection offering now started as at, at Bright Grey, really, uh, all those years ago, where it, um, the menu plan was was core. The helping hand was core to to what that did and the support service and how that's expanded over time. So flexible options to match your budget absolutely key. Other bits and pieces around you know children's cover options where where if a um, our customers decide to expand their family, they'll, they'll be able to you know um, add add and take off children's options when the, when from a critical illness point of view, those children can then convert those options into a critical illness claim for themselves. Mm -hmm. On on the income protection, 
that Andy mentioned such things as fracture cover, you know, lots of people just break a bone and have a couple of weeks off work or, or, or more. But, um, you know, if they are in hospital, you know, cover their, their, the costs of getting there and being in hospital just for a short period of time, these are all flexible benefits. And obviously the, uh, the helping hand really speaks to, for, for itself and Roland is very, very proud of, of what that does, uh, and, and how it supports clients. Um, and helping getting clients covered a little bit quicker than they were previously. So an underwrite later facility for larger cases with, with Royal London or a very efficient online service really helps with those, that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I wanted to know what are providers doing well to support advisors to build financial resilience into clients' lives? Yeah, so, well, I think there's been a lot of positive moves by providers in, in this area as, as, as we're discussing. I mean, we've actually got uh, a number of people inside Mortgage Advice Bureau that try and keep up to date with the changes that come down the track, and they're almost always yeah. improvements to the proposition. So mm-hmm. we, I think a good bit of advice uh, for, for advisors uh, that's just come into my mind is that we've got um, a PDF that we keep updating, and it's got each provider as a as, as a as a heading and we call it provider usps but it's generally listing out the things that we're talking about or the value added benefits because yeah one thing's for certain they are, it's to memorize all of these value added benefits and all of the different options you know you're getting into brain brain surgeon territory well you are <laughs> certainly if you consider my brain so <laughs> we've really found that advisors have they've just found it so helpful to have this with them at points of sale with a customer so if it's looking like it's going towards a different provider or if a particular benefit is is sort of coming to the fore then you can quite easily say okay now here's what we're talking about with this particular provider this is what they do offer you and i think from a provider perspective Certainly from a training point of view, we're seeing a lot more help and support and focus um, into our advisors to help them keep up to speed with what these benefits are doing and how they're actually helping real customers. Because this is often missed out. I think, you know, you can list out the, you know, all of the, the things that are there as a value added benefit. But what examples are there and how do they actually work in practice? And some providers are saying, look, we'll give you, Mr. Advisor, access to our value added benefits without you taking out a policy so you can experience them. And then you're more able to relay those benefits across to customers. I think that's a really positive uh, thing. It certainly helped um, in, you know, in our world. Um, Mm -hmm. So and one other thing that's a thing. Uh, being developed and we're seeing more of this happen is some providers are sort of making the value-added benefits far more accessible. I think if you contacted every single customer with a protection policy and asked them to tell you what value-added benefits have you got on this policy, I genuinely think they would struggle to tell you. Oh, Um, yeah. I think they'd actually struggle to tell you what the core benefits are. So I think (laughs) we really should be doing more and more from a provider perspective to help customers and remind customers what they have got. And some providers have now got a 
you know, sort of digital apps, way, ways that customers can interact with these different uh, benefits on their phone and so on. I think that's mm. really, really positive because it sort of takes a dusty old document that you might have in a drawer or a PDF that's on an email that you've forgotten about yeah. and, and it's put it in front of you. I think all providers should be reminding customers on a fair on a fairly regular basis this is what you've got and this yeah. is when and how you can use these things yeah i think it's all about accessibility like you said having it mm. on your phone something that you always carry with you you're most likely to be like oh let me take a look is there something mm. i'm doing in my life applicable to this situation where i can get you know that value add that i didn't know about um and I wanted to know, Tony, from your perspective as a provider, what are you guys doing at Royal London? So from our advisor hub, um, we'd, we'd be supporting with a range of sort of tools, articles, guides that could be used with customers. We've got a financial well-being tool that can point them to way to, to, to gain some of the support that Andy was just talking about there under the financial resilience being part of, you know, consumer duty as it is now. Um, mm -hmm. From an advisor education piece, we produce really good content on on webinars. Uh, I think, I think you know, the, 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 the COVID years, as we, we'd call them, they're really brought to the for the usefulness of of webinars and, and how one we can do them live and two they're recorded for um, advisors to go and uh, view uh, as and as and when um so that yeah. helps um i would say our key at royal london specifically our key usp from uh, advisor support is our sales teams and, and, and within distribution and um, we've got quite a large mm -hmm. sales force and i would encourage any 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 advisors kind of listening to this to make sure they're engaged with their bdms because they are the ones who have the knowledge that uh, can steer them in the right de direction to to support advisors tend mm -hmm. to be time poor um and so by you so utilizing somebody else's knowledge um and, and just spending a little time speaking to their to their sales contacts i think they can really uh, get some valued value add from the time that they're going to spend on that yeah definitely and do you think offering value add support services contributes to providing clients with a well-rounded protection package andy do you want to take that first well, yeah, I 100% uh, do. And hopefully this is coming across in what I'm saying. I genuinely think these aren't gimmicks. Uh, I think from what I can see, they provide real benefits for customers. And when you think about it, when, we, when we're talking about life insurance, critical illness and even income protection, when you look at the risk reality results, most customers, thank goodness, are actually less likely to claim than they are to actually claim because you know, the chances of these things happening are especially dying and, and so on are actually very, very small, especially during uh, the mortgage term. We spend a lot of time looking at customers, um, you know, mortgage period. I mean, because we're yeah. all going to die one day, but we know that life assurance <laughs> is generally set up uh, to coincide with, with, you know, with either retirement or mortgage events. Um, yeah. So I think for me, when you look at value-added support, they tend to be things that you can interact with and use before making the full claim on being off work sick, getting a critical illness or or dying. Uh, and therefore, this policy becomes much more relevant uh, to the customer and not only relevant to the customer. Many of these services that are value add 
uh, also support not only the life assured, but also members of the immediate family and certainly partners and children are very often included in these things. And therefore, mm -hmm. it isn't just about me anymore. It's about my entire family. And, mm -hmm. and therefore, I think what it can also do is keep the policy much more front and centre in the customer's heart and mind and not something that they think, oh, well, we've hit cost of living crisis. What's the first thing that's going to go? Well, let's get rid of that insurance policy because we might not need it. We're unlikely to claim on it. And therefore it goes. Now they think, wait a minute, we, you know, we, we're also getting rid of GP services. We're also getting rid of fracture cover. We're getting rid of uh, physio help and support and so on and so forth. And therefore, I actually think the persistency of protection improves if we spend a bit of time with the customer explaining to them how these things work on top of what the core reason for doing the policy that's still there you know we're not taking away are we from the core reason of doing life assurance critical illness and ip but these things definitely line up very closely to those and as we say they're much more likely to be of value and to be used in the in the shorter term yeah and what are your thoughts on that tony well, it is, it's, as I said earlier, it's core to where Rolanda developed from out of the sort of bright grey with the, with the helping, helping hand service. Fundamentally, it's a, a very valuable wellbeing and support services. And one of the keys, yeah. it's, it, it's free to all of our, our advice protection clients. And that comes from the ability that we can invest our profits back in a business from being a mutual insurer. And that's where... Mm -hmm the benefits of helping hand are effectively paid paid for uh, it's not an additional cost um but initially you know if somebody engages with their my royal london dashboard they can go through an online health assessment that might point them in the direction of certain support services that they might need based on their answers to that assessment um the virtual gp service that's in there has been greatly used um uh, over the last kind of 18 months for for obvious reasons that andy mentioned earlier about the ability to get that if somebody needs some some support with their mental health that's a very difficult thing for people to talk about to somebody else so if they can find yeah. something uh, on, on an online sort of guidance and support in their own time um via an nhs approved app then that that can that can really work um and a particular other one that i that i've actually used myself is like you know the the physiotherapy support so if somebody um you know a lot of people have been spending a lot of time at home and sitting in really awkward positions with bad bad backs working from home and you know an online sort of physiotherapy uh, support is really easy to use and it just sort of yeah. steers you steers you in the right direction to do some exercises at home in your own that you just probably wouldn't think about unless you'd spoke to somebody so all these supports services are free and and and, and really really good um and then if something if somebody does have a crisis in their life and they need that support from a practical and an emotional way around dealing with whatever's happened to them, that's really key as well. The feedback that we get from people who engage with our helping hand service when they do really need it is amazing, really. Most people probably won't use this, but and unfortunately they won't because nothing's gone wrong in their life. But if it does go wrong and they need some support, it's there for them. And that I think is, is absolutely key because 
a lot of people won't talk to those ones that are close to them. They just need support mm-hmm. from somebody. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've seen many, many evidence of where like, you know, the dedicated nurse that they have has really provided some great support for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, um, we are in a post-consumer duty world. So I wanted to know uh, what your opinion um, is on why it's so important for advisors to build ongoing relationships with their clients. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a huge one, isn't it? It's about ongoing relationships. It's actually a key word that comes out in the Consumer Duty FCA paper. And if you search for this word, you'll be surprised how many times it comes out. It's the word really? journey. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it is this word journey because we should be going on a journey with customers. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think, I don't know whether you'd agree with this, but I honestly think that from a protection perspective, we're quite poor as an industry at going on a journey with a customer. I think the problem is, is that what we do is analyze customers' needs today. We find a solution. The solution fits for today fine but it's a very long-term product that we've sold often think our average term of a policy is 27 years at the moment so Mm -hmm. they're very very long-term policies and the danger is is that we walk away and we forget the customer and there's nothing in place from an advice perspective to ensure that we go on a journey with a customer and ensure that the products that we sold today are, are still relevant tomorrow. And um, just a bit of anecdotal um, evidence on this, we MAB um, recently had its uh, big, big conference. And there's around about 1,500 people sat in the auditorium. And I was asked to uh, parade around on the stage and talk about protection. And Mm -hmm. what I did, I asked the audience a number of questions and asked them to stand up and remain standing if any of these things applied to them in in the last uh, five years. So I I asked people to stand up if they'd had children, if they'd moved house, if their relationships had changed, and if they'd changed jobs, things like that. And by Mm -hmm. the end of asking just four or five of those types of questions, I would estimate at least 90% of the entire room uh, was on their feet. And I'm just saying, look around, right? Because your customers are the same people as you. They're human beings. They're going through many changes of circumstances um and not least of which and this one you know you imagine we just come through uh covid mm-hmm. and so you might have somebody that's identical situation and you saw them let's say bc before covid and you saw them then their situation's identical now but guess what their risk and appetite has changed they're much more sensitive over being off work sick, they've seen what a pandemic did. And so their whole uh, attitude to risk has changed. And therefore, if their ATR has changed, they might now be either, you know, more willing to commit more per month to protection or commit money today when they wouldn't have committed any beforehand. So I think we 100% Uh, And we're super focused on this under consumer duty to ensure that we do genuinely go on a a journey with customers. Um, We're putting in place nurture journeys. We're working with providers to ensure that we get regular information out. 
and and value added benefits and benefit statements and uh, reminders to customers and all sorts of things. We're not trying to bombard them on a daily basis, but I think, as I say, as an industry, we've probably neglected communication to customers and help remind them what they have got. And I think if we do that, it will actually keep it in their uh, front of their mind and perhaps mm-hmm. more often use these services that we've been talking about. I, as I said, as I said at the beginning, I think there's a lot of customers that if you told them that they could access a vir- virtual GP, they will go, what, can I? Well, yeah, because you got helping hand. Well, I didn't yeah. know that I could do that. Do you, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. really where we've got to get to. Yeah, for sure. And Tony, would you agree with that, that you have to kind of take the or join the client on their journey? Absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, protection is the bedrock of any kind of financial advice or certainly should be. And um, <clears throat> the, the sort of online tools that have, uh, have have come to the fore over, over the last few years, I think are really useful to help the help an advisor do that with his, with his mm-hmm. clients. Um, you know, our, our online dashboard um, where they can host the customer documents, the customer can self-serve on some basic details. They can download the documents. They can access what I said earlier around the GP 24 seven and that, that, that kind of stuff. If, uh, if there's a constant drumbeat from an advisor and his, his communications to his customer to, to engage with the online tools that are there, mm-hmm. that that's great. Um, we can make it easier for, you know, um, a, a, a customer to, um, set up a policy in such a way that it's easy for us to pay the monies to whoever it's supposed to go to. So, mm-hmm. for instance, um, you know, a single life policy can use our beneficiary nomination at an outset, which is a really, really easy thing to do. It's just making sure what a, what a customer intended to happen with the money if someone's paid out does happen, but reminding the customer on a regular, regular basis around how they can access these tools, whether it be marketing, annual reviews, um, as as Andy said, uh, some of the changing circumstances. Um, historically, maybe protection has been sold as a bit of a commodity and, and, and based on, on price a lot of the time. I think mm-hmm. we really, you know, consumer duty has really... Th- it was happening before consumer duty, but mm-hmm. consumer duty has forced that that kind of conversation and that regular engagement um, to happen uh, or to yeah. happen going forward post July. Um, and I think that's a really, really important thing. And, and and a lot of the stuff that we do as a provider is there to support that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, I think we covered all of our main points in this episode. Um, So thank you so much for joining me both. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And that brings us to the end of our episode in association with Royal London. We hope you've enjoyed listening and learned something new. If you want to find out more about Royal London's protection proposition and how it can help your clients, visit advisor.royallondon.com slash people powered. See you next time.